This is Mr. Christopher with the Funkatopia radio show and the Funked Up app. Hope you guys are all having a fun time. And I have the honor of having on the line with me the one, the only, the masterful keyboardist himself, Mr. Robert Walters. Oh, thank you very much. That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I think the first time I ever saw you guys, and I, you know, a friend of mine in Arizona, Robert, he told me he said, uh, "You got to check these guys out." This was this was years ago. He said, "You got to check these guys out," and and I had never heard of you, and I was just like, "Oh, I'll I'll, I'll try to check them out." And I, for some reason, you know, either was because I couldn't find records in the record store or whatever it was, I had a difficult time finding things, um, and. I happened to go to uh, the Bear Creek Festival. And this was many, many years ago in Live Oak. And uh, you guys were performing out there, I guess, on the Purple Hatter stage or whatever it was called. And I was like, oh, wait, this is the band he told me to check out. Yeah. And I was like, perfect. This, and, I, and I literally sat there slack-jawed the whole time just going, oh, my God. You guys are fan-freaking-tastic. Awesome. Yeah, that, that was one of my all-time favorite festivals. I used to still look forward to that every year yeah they've, they've kind of gone down a little bit of a rabbit hole lately but uh, i guess they've got you know they're starting to kind of re-get a little bit of traction underneath some different leadership and and i, I oh you good know, so we'll, yeah, yeah, been, we'll see it hasn't been happening the last couple of years but um that's correct yeah that's and that venue <laughs> i love um i just love anything at that venue you know but so tell me a little bit about yourself and as far as your background in, in music because um you know, how did you get from, you know, let's say high school to to 20th Congress? Well, it's, it's um, circuitous. <laughs> I started um, I love that. I word. started out playing piano, but like classical piano as a kid, like everybody else playing piano lessons. And I kind of hated it. And I discovered rock and roll um, in my early teens and quit playing the piano and started playing drums. And I played drums in various rock bands some heavy metal bands some punk rock bands some some like stuff where we were playing old these all different kinds of music but playing drums and um and i did that for a number of years and um at some point i started wanting to write music for the bands i was in and it was kind of hard to do it from the drums so i started messing around on the keyboards again and um and that really got me i when i picked it up again i really fell in love with it and i loved the way i could play multiple parts of the, what I wanted the composition to be and show it to the people in the band. And so as time went, I just sort of faded into playing more keyboards. And, um, and I had been playing, uh, in a band with a couple guys, we were sort of like a weird Zappa fusion-y kind of band, but with Zach Nager and Chris Stilwell, who ended up being the rhythm section for Grey Boy All-Stars. And, um, and that sort of created my, my thing as you know it now where, um, we were, you know, DJ Grayboy was a DJ in San Diego, and he he started this project with a bunch of musicians from around town and made us these mixtapes of old 70s funk records and stuff like that. And we all got super obsessed with it and started collecting our own records, and the rest is history. So does he, do, did he know that you named your band after him? Yes. It actually started off, we, we were just going to play one gig, and it was a record release party for a record he had made. It didn't really have a live band on it. I mean, Carl Denson played saxophone on it, but it wasn't really a, a live band thing. It was like sort of like hip hop beats with with jazz solos on it. Right. But he thought that's kind of boring to just watch that at the 
at the gig, let's have a band play the tunes and it'd be cool. So we did that and the chemistry was so instantly fun that we just kept doing it. But by that time, we were already named after DJ Grayboy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we just kept on doing it. And he produced a, a number of our records. We're still, he's still sort of like, without being our producer, or really a member of the band, he's sort of always been this, this spiritual advisor. Yes, yeah, so because that was my next question I was going to ask you was whether or not you were still in touch with him. And obviously you are. So. Yeah, everybody <laughs> occasionally does projects with Gray and then we'll just call him up to talk about things. And he's like, his big talent was if you're playing the track and his head's not moving, you know, you haven't really got it yet. You know what I mean? He just, <laughs> he's such a, he has such great ears for music and for funk music in particular that once you got his head bopping, you knew that, okay, that's, that's, that's the parts. Let's now it's time to press record. Yeah. I think, and that's one of the things I've always appreciated about you guys is that, you know, a, a lot of these, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love all these bands that I'm about to ramble off like lettuce and galactic and, 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 and even, you know, when you're going down Stanton's rabbit hole, like garage and stuff like that. But those things, they all seem to have like a very, very similar component as far as like um, as far as structure is concerned. And it really seems like you guys just really do whatever you possibly can to really divert away from uh, the norm and kind of go down these little weird paths. Same thing like, I guess, to the extent that Lettuce has. Lettuce is just like, all right, fine. This, here's what we're going to do now. And they totally changed the whole entire map of what oh, yeah. yeah and and so and I really appreciate that about you guys is that something you consciously decide you know hey I, I think we want to do be a little bit more experimental is, is that something well, you there's it's sort of interesting I feel like in a way we're we're sort of a self-loathing funk band <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know it's like we, we we all like that kind of music and we all bonded over James Brown and Beaters records right, and stuff yeah. like that but no one felt exactly comfortable like claiming it as a as an identity 100 percent because we're, we didn't grow up in the 60s and we're we're like some white kids from southern california and you know it's, it's just it, did, it felt a little disingenuous you know coming from a background i always like to say that it's like an it's like an art project that's a comment on the idea of a funk band <laughs> rather than an actual <laughs> funk band so we're using it as points of reference but we also want to be sort of true to our identity and, and own up that we learned this sort of second or third hand. And, and, and I think that liberates us from trying to be such imitators. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's, um, it's, it's supposed to let you know that it's through the filter of our experience. Yeah. So that it's more truthful, you know, mm -hmm. um, like, um, you know, like we're not going to try and dress like we're from the set. <laughs> we're not gonna try. you know what i mean like hey, it not, works it, for some people like yeah. it, it worked great for lenny so. yeah sure <laughs> but um you know it's like it's, it's it's more than like and and that's one of the you know there's old funk bands and old jazz records were an influence along with you know all of classic rock music and soundtrack music and there's a big influence from that we're, it's coming like from a record collector's standpoint to a large degree rather than like a uh uh hotshot musician Right, right. Well, and you and I are about the same age. I mean, I, I'll be 50 this year, and I know you're not far behind me. 
Um, yes, I'm. I'm very close. <laughs> you're very close. So even <laughs> though we we weren't raised in the '60s, I was born in '68, but I, I you know I, I was more raised in the '70s than I was '60s. But some of your influences that I would imagine your funk influence kind of probably took the same path that mine did starting out with, you know, James Brown and the meters and going into, you know, on a more, I guess, pop channel would be more something Stevie wonder, which was pop. But if you listen to his album, it, it wasn't pop. And then of course, going into probably the whole Prince bandwagon, yeah. I would imagine. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your influences. I don't know how much you, you know about Funkatopia, but we are like massive Prince supporters. I mean, like way that out. Was, that was in a way that, so subliminally I'd, ha I'd heard the meters and James Brown and Rufus and Chaka Khan and um, things like that. And Herbie Hancock uh, thrust. Like, these were all things my dad really liked. My dad was a musician and, um, he was a hippie and into the Grateful Dead, but he had like a, a number of these, these sort of records that, that were favorites around the house that I now recognize as classic funk records. But as a time when I was a kid, that was just some more of my dad's music. So I listened to that stuff, but it, I wasn't really geeked on it yet. And then in the, in the early eighties, when I would go to school and people would be talking about Prince and you see Prince on TV and he started collecting the records and that really was my gateway to to getting into that stuff. Yeah, it was, you know? it was the same way because I was in Detroit at the time in the seventies. I mean, I spent a good bit of time in in uh, Detroit, and there was at nighttime there was this radio station that used to come over the airways where we were at, where they would play rock and roll. One minute they would be playing Kiss, the next minute they would be playing Ohio Players and Stevie Wonder, and the next minute they would be playing Steve Miller Band, and it was just all over the map. It had no rhyme or reason to what yep. was going on. But Steve Miller I, Band could be funky too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and but when you start, I was the same way though. Once Prince came out and you you started collecting vinyl, it was like I I, I just need to know everything this guy is doing. This is yeah, and there was like, all the cool oh. side projects and weird things. The Madhouse yeah. records that were right. instrumental. That that was a big thing for me. And um, yeah, I just was into that whole that it just like seemed to take a different world, and it was kind of dirty. And it felt oh, yeah. like transgressive in this cool way where it's, <laughs> it sort of appealed to me the way like punk rock did, where it, it felt like it was breaking a, a lot of rules. Right. And um, you're, you, even my parents, who were super cool, were a little bit scared of Prince. You know, so it's like, <laughs> awesome. That's my shit. Um, and then to, to, to a little bit later than that, hip hop, and that started getting me excited about, you know, music with, that was sort of a rhythm forward. And that led me to try and figure out what they were sampling, and then you're off into all the stuff I listen to now. Right. Well, and, and with hip hop, it was that was really kind of the only genre of music that was keeping funk alive after a certain point. Yep. I mean, yeah, it, but, and, go ahead. yeah, yeah. We just like yeah, the, everything on the radio, like R and B at that time had gotten pretty slick, and right. um, and uh, highly electronic in a way, and as much as as um you know, hip hop's made with samplers and computers and whatever. It was referencing all this older music and I love the sound of the drums on it. And I was like, where are those drums from? And once you start finding out where they're from and you get obsessive about those records, that, that's what turned me on to Bob James and, you know, yep. and ba back into James Brown heavily and all those, those great things and, and all the cool like jazz warriors and 
you know, all that sort of funky jazz stuff I really love. Yeah, and I heard that you're a pretty avid vinyl collector. You you have a pretty sizable collection. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, it's sort of my. Yeah, it's a. It's a. It's a bad vice. <laughs> <laughs> like I just came from the record store this morning. You know, I just, every town I go to, I want to check out what they have, and um, you know, it's it's just fun to when you hold the artifact and you realize that this has been around who owned it before you. And, you know, like, especially old vinyl, I really love. How do you feel about the resurgence of vinyl as far as like new bands, like the new Justin Timberlake coming out on vinyl or, or the new Lady Gaga coming out on vinyl? Do, do, does it really, does it feel the same? It doesn't feel the same to me. What does it, how, how do I mean, you? It's, it isn't the same because the music's different and it's, and also what records mean are, it's a little bit more of a boutique market. You know, it's like a, it's a, it's not the way, it's not the main delivery system for music. It's sort of, it's like people, you know, I used to collect comic books when I was a kid. Right. And it used to be, you'd go to the 7-Eleven and buy the comic book for 30 cents off the rack. And every corner store in America had a rack of comics. And now you go to a fancy store and you pay 30 bucks for the thing <laughs> and it put it on, on great paper and printed beautifully. It's just for a market of like more collectors are like, gourmet. you know, it's just a little more yeah. rarefied. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not for everyone anymore. It's sort of like for people who are geeky about it. But I do think listening to music on vinyl is a, is a much more profound experience than just playing it on your phone because you have to commit to it. You have to buy the thing. You have to take it out and put it on. Yeah. You, you don't. You don't want to just listen to one song and skip around. Like you know, it's it's a. You hold the thing and it's big, and you can see the picture. I just think the whole experience it makes the music feel more valuable. Right. Yeah. It's it's great that you can listen to anything in the world at any time now, but it also makes there's so much uh, access to everything that it makes everything of less inherent worth. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> totally get it yeah I, I i would have to agree and i'm like i have like lots of vinyl and i had like a something catastrophic happened to me a, a few years ago when i had a cat and i put all of my vinyl in a uh in my closet and my cat decided to climb up on top of the vinyl that's laying you know they're all sitting side by side or whatever and use it as a clawing thing oh and geez i i <laughs> lost my mind uh, it was just like uh, all those valuable, valuable albums were just not valuable anymore. I mean, they they still had value to me, but yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it was pretty much done. I was toast. It was just, and not all of them got hit, but it was still. Oh my gosh, and you know, wow. and I know Prince is recording. Uh, Prince Where's is releasing a new album. No, just kidding. Yes, yeah, still alive <laughs> for some reason. Um, but uh, Prince is releasing a new album tomorrow, and we're actually recording this on the 20th of September, but the 21st, when this will be released after the 21st. Yeah. But uh, we, he's releasing an album tomorrow, and it's actually coming out on vinyl right out of the gate, And uh, which seems – there's some, some artists that still make sense. Uh, to be on vinyl, like even even today's bands, like like here a band that I can think of right out of the top of the gate. Besides besides Twentieth Congress would be like bands like Orgone that just have that sound. Oh that, yeah, that, their their thing is sort of about records and right. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah, it's great... total yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And there's a lot of cool rock bands doing vinyl, like um, you know that band King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard. 
I don't know if you're familiar with them. I am not. But it's, it's sort of it's sort of like new psych rock from Australia, um, but their vinyl releases are always real beautiful and cool. Even with the cassettes for their stuff, it's like you know, and it does have that feeling of it's not retro music exactly, but it it does feel like you want to put on the album, I, you know, I, and commit to it. So cassettes are coming back now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they actually are. I particularly love them. Actually, I do oh, yeah, have a I cassette player, and I. And I, I enjoy listening to them. I don't know if it'll ever, it'll, I don't think it's going to be the same as the vinyl comeback. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, I still have two cases, um, two, like, two can, huge containers of but, cassettes. Um, I and, also have my records coming out tomorrow. Yeah. That's, that's right. Um, you do. So let's talk about that uh, new album that's coming out by the 20th Congress. Tell me a little bit about you know, what it's called, what's on it, what type of approach, or is there a theme to it? Give me a little bit of a background and the audience a little bit of background about what they can expect with this release. So yeah, the new album is called Spacesuit, and it's um, the band is slightly different than past 20th Congress releases. It's a it's a great drummer from New Orleans, Simon Lott, and a great guitar player from New Orleans, Chris Alford, and a bass player, um, Victor Little. And it's so there's no horns or anything on it. Um, it's a uh, we recorded it as a quartet, sort of uh, live in the studio, but then there are overdubs a lot. There's a a lot more sort of analog synthesizers and stuff like that. It's a lot of the influence from the record came from sort of like um, my stuff when I was a kid where I was geeky about comic books and science fiction movies and stuff like that. It's, so it's, it's a little bit less like referential to other music and more trying to pull out that sort of feeling of imagination and stuff. And it's still, it's still based on funk and jazz music but it's it's definitely stretching out a little bit so kind of like when thomas dolby released aliens ate my buick that kind of <laughs> yeah, a little, de- departure a little, yeah a little less, a little less tongue-in-cheek than that um, right. but yes i actually love that record i, I used to love that one but um um yeah so it's it's more yeah it's like um it's kind of the feeling that thrust gave me when herbie Hancock came out with that it felt like some outer space fusion Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um, so it doesn't necessarily have a funk label to it. It's a little bit more kind of. What, what? It's it's sort of. I mean, it's still it's sort of a, kind of what I've always done. I I I thought this record was a real big departure, and then the other night I was with my friend and we were listening to Money Shot, which is our first 20th Congress album, and I there's tons of effects on it too, and it's sort of. It's actually not that dissimilar, <laughs> you know, when you put it all together. It's always been sort of a mixture for me of being influenced by funk music and jazz and sort of psychedelia of all kinds, you know. Um, I love effects and I love studio trickery and echoes and things like that. So um, so it's really just that. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. Like, when, matter of fact, when uh, the Internet released uh, their new album, one of the things they had said – uh, that Sid had said right out of the gate. She said, "Oh yeah, we kind of did away with some of the sound effects and segues." And, I was, and everybody was like, "Aw, <laughs> we like all that yeah. stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like, I really like that stuff. I like it. it just takes you, takes you on a journey. It takes you to another place. <laughs> right. So, and then there is that New Orleans influence in the music too. So it's kind of coming from those kind of rhythms. Um, you know, not even so much the meters, but like a little bit earlier, like R and B. Like you know, fifties, fifties 
New Orleans R&B in ways that probably aren't real obvious when you listen to it at first. But when you start realizing the swagger of the rhythm and sort of sitting between swinging and straight and things like that, those are happening all over that uh, new record. That sounds really awesome. So, um, well, let's talk. So that's coming out on the 21st. Yes. So that will be available pretty much everywhere. So once you guys are listening to this interview, this album will be available for you to get. So make sure you head to wherever you get your your record, and whether it's the Recasto or or online. Yeah, it's Amazon. available online everywhere. You yep. can you can listen to it too. So awesome! How many tracks is it? It's well, it's officially nine tracks. There's actually like a little hidden track, and one of the one of the tracks that's listed is a real little short interlude thing. So really, you know, there's like, there's eight song songs and a bunch of cool other stuff. And it's full of little weird segues and interludes and, you know. So, and what was up with, with, what was the reasoning more or less? That's probably a better way to, to put it with the band, you know, switching out a lot of the band. Um, It just sort of was a natural outgrowth of like what was happening with the live band because, I don't tour a whole lot, so we're not like working all year long and people become unavailable and people get other gigs and I just kind of switch it up every once in a while, you know, just to, you know, either circumstance or I want want to try something new. And this band, though, has been the band for the last like four or five years when we play live. So they, you know, they weren't on the last releases, but they, um, they have been part of the world and we had a good chemistry. So I wanted to record the band and um, sort of capture some of what had been going on and we've been developing live. You know, when we play the older tunes, they, they're so much different too. So I wanted to sort of make a new new batch of tunes that fit the way we were playing, which is a little more exploratory, a little more experimental and less um, like down the middle funk band, you know? Right. So... So that album comes out on the 21st, which is great, which means it's out right now if you're listening to this interview. Uh, but one of the things I also want to talk about while I got you on the phone, because we don't, we don't talk much at all, if ever, <laughs> is uh, Grey Boy All-Stars. Um, yes. So what, what's currently, you know, you, you've always referred to them as like your garage band, but it's not really a garage band by any stretch. You guys are like almost 20 years into it now, or maybe even beyond 20 years into it. Yeah, it's about 25, I think now. I think so. Yeah, yeah. that's that's crazy. So, is is anything coming down? Are you still touring with the Grey Boy yes. All Stars? So we, we do have a record that's all recorded and mastered and in the can, um, sort of awaiting a proper title and a release date. So, um, but I'm I'm thinking it's going to come out in the spring, hopefully, like right around jazz fest time. So that's nice. sort of end, end of April. Um, but that's all tentative, but we do have the record and it's a, I, I love it. It's a really good counterpart to the record that I just made with 20th Congress. Cause it's, it's sort of the opposite. It's very low concept, <laughs> you know, right. it's, it, it's like recorded all in a room to tape with almost no fixes or, you know, there's mistakes all over it. The tunes were written very quickly. It's just like a rough and dirty you know, record. So it's great. It sounds like us playing in the garage. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's, that's one of the things that a lot of people liked was, you know, some of the, the rawness of what you guys do. So, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's just fun to really go back to that. Cause our last couple of records, we've sort of stretched things out a little bit too. And, um, 
this is just like us being us with without thinking too much about it you know it, it's like um it's like our like ramones record or something right and, and carl denson is still part of that project he's still very much involved in it oh yeah absolutely so and i know that you guys now is this tour i i see some tour dates that i was forwarded starting on september 28th you guys have a place called the meeting of the minds and you guys are gonna be in new orleans in october is this all part of the 20th congress tour yeah those are all 20th congress dates all right so let's uh we'll ramble them off real quick because there's not a whole bunch of them here but if in your area you need to go it's on the 28th of september meeting of the minds uh october 18th at new orleans louisiana at dba is that um is that an actual name of a club or is that no yeah that's the actual name that's of the, the club, name of the club. <laughs> okay. well i guess um, no it, street, it, it, it wouldn't be a, tbd tbd is to yeah. be determined dba yeah. is doing business as <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right october 19th in houston texas at the last concert cafe october 20th in austin texas and antones and then you then you kind of take a couple months off and you come go right back at it in January, at January 10th in Portland, Oregon at Doug's Fur and January 11th in Seattle at Nectar and January 12th in San Francisco at the Independent, which is where you're at right now. You're over in California right now, right? That's I'm actually I'm actually in Texas right now. Oh, OK. Um, but I'm just here for a couple of days. We're doing sort of these listening parties and like record signing things because the record comes out tomorrow. So, nice. Um, so I'm in Houston, and my manager lives here. So I just came out to visit and and sort of uh, come here. Like it was about a month exactly before our gig is here in, in Texas. Perfect. It's hot. Oh, yeah, it's it's brutal here in Georgia too. I, it's like it was 93 today. I was like, I don't understand. It's yeah. it's supposed to be fall officially this weekend. This makes no sense at all. This is I'm, I'm over it. I'm ready. Yes, me too. I'm ready for it to go away. But that's one thing good with the the heat in Texas. At least it starts to. It's not as humid as uh as it is here. We got so many trees, it just makes it unbearable. Yeah, man. But I am excited about the 20th Congress new album that's gonna that's that's gonna be out. And again, if you're listening to this interview, it's already out. Pick it up. It's called Spacesuit. And man, I'm thank you so much for taking time out to even come and chat with us. And and we got some catching up to do. We we gotta geek out on some funk stuff. And because there's tons of questions that I wanted to kind of hit you up on, on on on. Well, here let's let's do this just for a quick quick second. Okay, G- give me a few bands that are out now that you feel like people have that needs to be that need to be on people's radar maybe funk related or bands that you're just really really into right now well like i said before i like that band king gizzard and wizard they're they're not they're not under the radar by any means i think they're like really kind of on the rise but it's i i that gets me going in a certain kind of way as far as um like my inner rock it's called it's called king izzard king gizzard and the wizard lizard king gizzard and the wizard lizard okay (laughs) all right and then, but totally pretty underground, and um, I just saw them last night. As my friends have a band called the Greyhounds, and in, in, um, in at Austin, Texas, and that's a really interesting, like roots. It's it's funky, but not in in any kind of obvious way. It's, there's a blues influence in it, but this also gets kind of psychedelic, and there's they use effects a lot. And so that's a great band. And never got quite. They've been I've known them for years, but they never quite got the attention I think they deserve. Cool. And you know, I have to say, I'm pretty much a, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty moldy fig. It's your old, as as old school yeah. guy. You're an old school yeah, guy. Listening to lots of old music. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, those are a couple mentions of things. I like. What, what else am I? Uh, 
got to rack my brain for, for now, new things I've been into. No, lately, I, I, totally. I, I can totally appreciate all that. I mean, it's just, you know, I, and I totally get the old school thing because I mean, my, I mean, unless you're really looking at the bands that are not on radio, you kind of, you, you miss a lot of the great stuff that's out there. I mean, for, especially yeah. as being funk fans. I mean, there's so many people that are out there that claim to be funk fans that didn't, had no idea that Parliament released an album this year. Right. And it's like, well, I think, why, how do you... I, yeah, I think that they, um, there's a... There's not like there's not good music now. There's just right. like so much of it is hard to sift through. And then I'm half the time at the record store looking for some shit from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. I'm part of the problem, man. No, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> I don't blame you for that at all. But uh, anyways, man, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. And uh, man, looking forward to it. Spacesuit comes out. I mean, it's, it's already out by the time you listen yes. to this. Go get it. Robert Walters Comes out 20th yesterday. Congress. And then the uh yeah, and in the spring you can expect a Grey Boy All Stars new album that's gonna be coming out. It's not yet to be named. We'll talk again between now and then and we'll we'll discuss that release. And Perfect. uh man, thanks for hanging out, brother. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. All right, we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Please make sure that you tune in as often as possible. And if you would like more interviews and more exclusive stuff that you can't get anywhere else, you need to become a supporter. Head to patreon.com slash Funkatopia. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Funkatopia. F-U-N-K-A-T-O-P-I-A. And you will find all kinds of stuff that nobody else has access to. Become a supporter and you get way, way more. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Funkatopia Live. There will be more coming. I hope you stay tuned.